episode of the 1796 sports podcast today we're going to be talking about another conference win for the basketballs big big win over the florida gators it was uh never really in doubt dalton connect is not a human being it's official at this point another 40 burger or almost 40 burger so pretty crazy the vols got another another huge win Uh, keep the momentum going in the SEC play, what did y'all think about that game? Dalton Connect uh-huh. wiped the floor with Florida. Like, kid looked like he was just playing with his food. Like, just I don't think anyone could stop him. Yeah, in the last five halves of basketball that Dalton Connect has played, he has a hundred and one points. So he's averaging twenty point two points per half. That's bonkers. We, we, we have not had a player like this since Chris Lofton. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when's the last time we've had a prolific scorer like this? Like, I, Admiral and Grant didn't never scored like this. Like, it, it, it's insane. Well, the, the difference to me is that Grant was an inside player. Yeah, so it was never it, it was never really flashy, but if you, if you go all the way back to Chris Lofton in the the early Bruce Pearl years, it is a spitting image, and he might be better. I mean, dude's going from hitting threes in people's mouths to dunking on people. I mean, they're throwing him alley hoops off inbounds, bro. Like this is a, uh, I mean, different breed of talent. He's not like your, I mean, he's not like your stereotypical white player where it's like he just sits in the corner and hits threes and plays good defense. Like, that's not, that's not what he is at all. Like, he, he's not like Luke Kennard on the Grizzlies or something. Like, he's an all-around really freaking good basketball player. Yeah, if he got the chance to be on the ball in the NBA, I think he, he, he'd give you 15 points in an NBA game tonight. Yeah. Right I, I was trying to think of a good example. It's kind of like a young, like how Chandler Parsons was back in the day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And we got to give some respect also to our boy, Adu, who um, decided to, to appear again. And, uh, he was another big, big part of the game. And nobody was bigger than Adu, but or nobody was bigger than Connect, but Adu um, came out there, finished with 19 points and 10 rebounds. Nice little double-double. Um, Connect finished with 39, like we said. Eight rebounds, one assist. That's just incredible. Um, Connect also went 9-9 on free throws. So, and four of six from deep. Just crazy. And then the elephant in the room, we're going to have to talk about it. Vescovy and Triple J, is it the third game in a row, have done nothing? Yes. Yes. Third Absolutely game nothing. It just, um, I don't know if I'm concerned or like I'm okay with it because we're beating Florida by, you know, like easily without them. But like it's also really concerning. But they also, like, even Vescovy, leave Triple J out of the picture right now, but Vescovy, I mean, he's, hey, at least he's a hell of a defender. The guy plays defense insanely hard. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, at least Triple J, I mean, looking at the positives, at least he had seven rebounds. But, I mean, you guys laugh, but in our group chat, it's it was funny watching the bench when Triple J hits his first three. And then after that, it was just like, nope, not going to shoot the ball anymore. And yeah. it's just mind-blowing to me. I'm honestly tired of talking about it. Um, I, I'm just going to say one thing about it, and then I'm 
I'm done speaking about this subject until they play well again from, from the scoring standpoint. Um, Triple J and Santiago Vescovi in the last three games have combined for 20 points. Uh, Dalton, Connect scored, Dalton Connect scored 20 points in the last seven minutes last night of, of the first half. Like, I understand that there's a lot less shots to go around when Dalton Connect is as good as he is. But 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 I wrote about it. Like if, you, if even if you get like eight points a game from both of them, it would help us tremendously. Like they they have to put something because yeah, they can't be they can't be complete zeros. And like Jordan Ganey can't either. And that's the next thing I wanted to get to. That's another player that's played like dog shit for the last month. And it seems like Rick's finally gonna make a change. Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, Vescovy didn't play near as many minutes as he usually does either. But Ganey played nine minutes, and J.P. Estrella also played nine minutes. And J.P. Estrella is usually not in – I mean, he's not in eight, eight-man rotation. Um, Estrella got in. De Leon got in. Carn Phillips got in for a possession. So, like, to me, that tells me – I mean, yes, part of that is because they were getting – we were blowing their doors off. But part of that is because Vescovy and Ganey have been absolute zeros. And Estrella yeah. scored seven points in nine minutes. Yeah, Estrella was was very solid. I mean, seven points, a rebound, and a block off the bench uh, against a, you know, I think people are underselling how good Florida is offensively. Um, they were they came into last night averaging eighty six points per game, and we held them to twenty nine percent shooting. And Estrella, uh, Adu, Awaka. Pretty much every everybody who saw the court last night was a, was a, was a part of that. I mean, it was a terrific defensive effort. Well, yeah, I mean, Tennessee played absolute stellar defense. It, the way I put it is, man, the team looked like they wanted to be there. They were playing with heart. They, it, it's something that I've been waiting to see from this team. Instead, you know, the past, you know, Mississippi State game, they didn't play with the heart until the end of the second half. And I feel like if you played like you played against Florida, you would have wiped the floor with Mississippi State as well. So I, hopefully this is we're going to see this consistently coming forward. Yeah. Do you guys think anything of the, the changes that Rick made to the rotation, or do you think that's just was needed because of the struggles? I think it was needed. Like, Vescovy is, you know, technically a starter, but Meshack played more minutes than he did. Meshack is just – I think he should be playing more offense, to be honest. Like, dude could score. He just – you know, he doesn't need to. But um, – You know what it reminds me of? So, honestly, it's like Meshack outplayed – he played more minutes than Vescovy. And, honestly, I don't know if I'm thinking – I don't know if this is crazy, but should Meshack be in the starting lineup? Yes. Because think about it. Like, typically teams will go – I mean, I know Ziegler is a good defender in his own right, but it kind of reminds me of, like, the old Grizzlies teams or, like, Tony Allen started over O.J. Mayo, even though O.J. Mayo was, like, the scoring threat. They wanted the defense guy in there. I just feel like Meshack does a lot of things that don't show up in the box score. I don't know. I mean, I know he. we kind of need him to energize the second unit because if Vescovy was on the second unit, the second unit would be ass. Well, well See, Bryce, I don't know. Uh, I think he would benefit from it. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I, I'm right along with you there, Jim. Um, if you started Meshack, it would mean Vescovy's coming into the game against maybe some backup players and – I mean, just the fact that, that that a shake of it in the routine might benefit him and Josiah. It, it doesn't matter who you put him in for. So I, I think that it you you could potentially see that in, in in the next few games if if they both continue to struggle scoring. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a weird situation because like Estrella and Ganey don't play the same position. If they did, then obviously Estrella should be should be seeing every minute that Ganey is seeing, but it's kind of a weird fit. Um, but anyway, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. I know 
So, Ryan, you, you're actually a little bit higher on Florida than we are, huh? Well, I mean, they're they're a solid uh, offensive team. I don't think they bring much defensively. I mean, clearly, I mean, we got a guy drop forty, but it like we they they averaged eighty six points a game before last night, and if they weren't getting to the free throw line, we would have beat them by forty because twenty one of their sixty six points were from the free throw line. Like, right at the I beginning of the second half, too. Yeah, it looked. It seemed like they got to the basket and got fouled like every other possession during the first ten minutes of the second half. But I am, I am higher on Florida. I think they're a solid offensive team. Yeah, I mean they almost beat Kentucky. I mean they scored eighty five on Kentucky. So it was at home too. Yeah, but still, that makes it even better that we held them to sixty six. And you said, well, how many of twenty one of those were free throws? Yeah. Yeah. So. That is pretty impressive. Also, Florida beat the absolute dog shit out of Arkansas. Um, they did lose to Ole Miss, though, pretty bad. So, I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag from them so far. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I said, they're, they're, they're very good on offense, and we stopped it completely. They're not very good on defense, but, you know, I, I think I think it's, a, it's not like it wasn't impressive at all. I mean, any conference win is – no, it's for sure. It's a very good thing. Well, and then especially with the game time being switched and all that, and that it was definitely like a, a solid win. Um, we'll talk about some of the other games. So, well, to, to round that out, basically the, the lessons from that game, Dalton Connect is a bad, bad man. Uh, two out of – two of our starters are still playing like dog shit. Ganey still is playing like dog shit. But we're not really that worried about it, right? Uh, I mean, we talked about it on the last pod. We need that guy. I that was after the Michigan State exhibition game. I seriously thought I'm like, if we could have Ganey coming off the bench shooting like that, this team is pretty much unbeatable. And I do think Ganey's going to turn it around. Now, is it a week from now, or is it in March? Uh, we need it sooner. Because I think, especially with Kentucky coming up and, you know, Alabama on Saturday, it's uh, I think we need Ganey soon. But he's going to turn around. Kid's a basketball player. You're, he's just in a really bad slump right now, and uh, hopefully he could turn around. But we need him. Yeah. I mean, Dalton Connect is not going to drop 30-plus points like, like he has the last week and a half every single game. So you're. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not worried about it, Bryce, but I'm, I'm, I'm cautious because well, it's just like Jim just explained. We're we're gonna need them at at some point. Yeah, I mean, when you're playing Kentucky, you're probably not gonna beat Kentucky with two of your starters contributing nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. if anything, I'm worried about it for that aspect. I'm worried about it for later on, like in March and these tough games, but. Um, Kentucky and Auburn, you know, I don't, I don't think you're going to be able to walk in there and just hope that Dalton Connect bails you out. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, elsewhere in the SEC yesterday, so Georgia beat South Carolina. Arkansas scratched and fought to get their first SEC win. Uh, and Alabama handled Missouri, and Missouri's awful. Um <laughs> Did y'all want to talk about Nate Oates being a jackass? I mean, I seriously, I know he got like a reprimand or whatever, but that dude should have been suspended for a couple games. You don't, you don't do that. Not even, I don't care. There would have been outcry if he did that to his own player. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The fact that it's on tape and he's pushing a, kid away like that's just childish and uh yeah i mean he did yeah. cover up a murder so yeah, yeah i mean his his moral code isn't the you know strongest but still to be so like a blatant douchebag like that that was a little he's lucky he didn't get clocked honestly well i mean it's like if if i was a coach and somebody touched my players like that it's 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 not gonna end well uh, I'm, I'm getting thrown out of the game because, like, players touch players, 
and maybe a, a ref touches a coach. Like they, coaches and players should never be touching each other, ever, ever. But uh, <laughs> just in a non-weird way. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not Both ways. Be... Don't touch it. Just don't touch yeah. the players. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that game, it, Alabama is so good on offense that they just overpowered Missouri. It wasn't really much to write home about. It was expected. But I really want to talk about the Arkansas versus Texas A&M game started at 8 o'clock Central, and it didn't end until 1045. You want to know why? Owls. <laughs> 73 free throws combined. That's, that's awful. That's not basketball. That's a farce. You can't turn a an uber important conference game to a free throw shooting contest. Luckily it had a good ending, but Doug Shouse and Terry Oglesby should be like excommunicated. Like th- that was a joke. And there were 64 th- free throws in the Sacramento and Georgia game thanks to Pat Adams. Like it's the the refereeing in the SEC it just seems like it's it's all about it's it's a ref show if, if the games are you know by, by by those three dudes like it's it's a joke i don't know if y'all want to speak to that but it's it was <laughs> disgusting i mean listen it's the same thing with the sec refs in football it's too often it seems like they want to be the center of the attention like they they obviously sucked at sports so they want to try to be the center of attention in some way they can. And I, I do feel like it's a real thing that ref, some refs, and I know it's a hard job. I wouldn't want to do it, but I, I do think that some of them relish being able to like impact the game. And it's abysmal. I don't really know how you fix it. Um, do you have any ideas about that, Ryan? Um, make them full-time employees. Half of these dudes sell insurance and, in the off seasons of whatever sport they referee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the NFL is the same way, though. Like, those guys are not – that's not their full-time job in the NFL either. So, I don't know if that is possible. I, I don't know. This, I mean, it's it's just – it probably will never be fixed because they're egotistical, like like you just said. So, it, it, it's, it's just sad. Well, this, I think what you're getting at, and I agree, is – the reason that we're annoyed by it is because you know it's going to bite us in the ass at some point. Oh, wait till the Kentucky game. Yeah. Wait till the Kentucky game. The game at Rupp is going to have just some egregious shit going on. I can guarantee it. Oh, I guarantee you, uh, Kentucky will have like thirty plus free throws. Well, I mean, uh, my my dad harps on this. He's harped on it for as long as I can remember him harping on anything. Anytime a team goes into M- Memorial Gym in Nashville to play Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt shoots 40 free throws. It, it, it It's going to happen to us. And, and it's happened in the past. It's happened to other teams in the past. It's it's just a thing. So, well, yeah, but that's the thing. It's kind of like Vanderbilt's kind of like, you know, at school when you have that, like, special needs child that wants to play football with you at recess and you let him play. You're not going to tackle him, you know. it's That's kind of yeah. how it is with Vanderbilt. If they want to get Vanderbilt 43 throws, who gives a shit? We should still wipe the floor with them. It, it, it shouldn't matter. If it does, we're, we're not playing well. But I'm, just, I'm just worried you. about Kentucky, dude. Like, I'm worried about the Kentucky game and the Auburn game at Auburn. Like, we're probably going to get dick left and right. I'm just expecting it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, no one, and it's for every sport, no one wants to see Tennessee win anything. And the minute we have something that looks good – you get that officiate. Like, I mean, look at like all football season. It was the same way. We would not get. We had what was it? Three games in a row with like no penalties against us. <laughs> yeah, like that's no, that's no. not that that is not a coincidence. Our opponent didn't have a live ball penalty for like like a month. Yeah, it no, I think it was like fourteen or no. What is it? 12, 12 quarters in a row or thirteen quarters? That's absurd. I mean, you can find holding on every play. So you're telling me that not one play in fucking 12 quarters? Bro, Tyler Barron was getting choke slammed, And we have little, like, 
picture proof, video proof, whatever you want. We got it. And yeah. it's absurd. that And it's in the past, whatever. But, like, and I don't think those holding calls would have fixed us losing that Bama game. We just didn't come out and play in the second half. But still, no penalties? Come on now. Well, that's a nice segue. Um, and did y'all want to say anything else about the basketball game? Eight in no. a row against Florida in Knoxville. Florida's ass. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, we mentioned two of our next topics, Tyler Barron and Alabama. So I'm sure everybody knows about a month ago, Lane Kippen was riding high. He still is. I mean, he still has a great transfer class, but he's been losing some guys. So Tyler Barron is not going to Ole Miss after all. He will instead be going to Louisville. And McDonald's going to Louisville too, right? Is that official? Yes. McDonald's so, official. Barron's just rumored right now, I think. Well, he tweeted it. Oh, yeah, no. So there's one more that might be going to Louisville, I think, but it's not from Tennessee. So two of Tennessee's guys that went to Ole Miss are now going to Louisville, so that's good. Yeah, so they went to a terrible conference. I don't, I don't know why. Well, it kind of, kind of like, gives credence to what we were saying when they first entered the portal. Like, I don't really think it matters all that much, and I don't really think Tennessee cares. Um, sounds to me like Tyler Barron is going wherever he's going to get the most money. Louisville, Louisville's roster is not that good. So, I'm him and McDonald are – I would be shocked if they're not day one starters. So, I'm yeah. – I'm sure that's all it is. I mean, that's all it is. It's free agency. I mean, that's all it is. It's they're they're chasing a bag that Tennessee was not willing to give them. So they only have one more year. There's no point. Uh, our defensive line is already stacked, in my opinion. Um, I think. Now call me crazy, guys, and I think we're we're, we're obviously still waiting on Hurd to announce if he committed to Tennessee. I'm pretty sure he's coming to Tennessee, but like. Proctor, you just entered the portal. That kid's a stud too. How do you how do you not just give him a phone call? That's why I'm not overreacting yet. Um, a lot of people on Twitter have been complaining about the fact that we haven't really done anything on the lines of scrimmage on either side, really. But here's the thing, guys: you have stuff like this that's happening and then you have the spring window that's going to open up so there's a lot of options out there i mean nobody would have thought a month ago nobody would have thought that caden proctor would be entering the portal yeah um to me i don't really have a problem with how we've handled the trenches that in this you know since the season ended it's just like in in the nfl if you're trying to chase beef like in the trenches, no matter what side of the line you're on, it's probably not going to end well. Um, you need to develop that talent over a period of time, which is why the strategy of us taking players in the transfer portal with multiple years of eligibility, no matter what the position is, I think is is the route to go in the portal. I don't I don't think rentals are going to get you much. So I, I don't really have, I have a problem with how we've handled everything. Yeah, we've been pretty good in the portal. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee gets a couple more. Well, I think Austin Price did an interview with Jason Swain today, and he said he would be shocked if Hurd did not commit to Tennessee. So it's it's looking good if Austin Price is willing to to use that kind of language. So, so um, just <laughs> we got to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Alabama is I'm going to be really careful with my words here. You don't want to say stuff like this cuz in you know historically it hasn't turned out well. But it looks like Alabama is uh not going to be the same Alabama. So just for starters, they now have 28 players that have transferred. They've only added 3. Now I know that, like, Kalen DeBoer being there, like, I'm sure he'll add some guys. 
between now and the summer. I'm sure he will. But the amount of talent they've lost is absurd. Like, almost everybody they've lost is a four or five star or somebody that's going to come in and play immediately. So it's, it's, it's crazy to me. Like, we're so not used to seeing this. Do I feel bad about it? Absolutely not. Um, Alabama fans are melting down about it. They're saying that all of a sudden, guys, the portal rules aren't fair. Oh, yeah. It, everyone's tampering. Everyone's tampering. And it's like, you bet your ass for tampering. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, Alabama fans, it like they deserve this. You've got, you've had years and Maybe. years and years I mean, like, of uh, 11 and down. 1, 11 and 1 national championships. Houston, national I don't think should have been up there. Like these kids that are that's like 20 opinion. years old and they're Alabama fans are not Alabama fans. That, uh... Like they're about to go through hell, boy. Like, yeah. think about it. Tennessee, we've been dog shit for what, 20 years now? And oh my, like, dude. I can't wait. I, they deserve this, uh, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, it's like you just said, Jim. When you sell your soul to the devil, you have to go to hell eventually. So welcome to hell. Um, and the, to, to the people who say, like, I saw this one dude, Alabama. I, I don't know. I, I don't even want to bring up the tweet. But the 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 point of his tweet was, these kids don't want to deal with adversity and blah, blah, blah. It's like okay. Oh uh, yes, yeah. Alabama, famous, famously the kings of adversity. Well, it's it's like we talked about last week when the news first dropped. Tuscaloosa is not that desirable. Um, when when Nick Saban isn't there, Tennessee beats them. When Nick Saban isn't there, the talent is pretty much even. Um, it, it's 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 a, it's a thing, and it's going to happen again. Write it down. But to anybody who says these kids are being selfish or not committed or blah, blah, blah. You're ruining college football. Were they saying that bullshit when Jameer Gibbs came to them and Jermaine Burton and all these other transfers they've gotten over the, since this has been a thing? Hell no. They only care when it doesn't benefit them. And that goes for any program, including us. Like I I, I don't, I hate having this conversation seemingly every two weeks now, people clutching their pearls over this bullshit. Like, the power to the players to me is the best thing that's happened to college football in a while because coaches have been doing this forever. I mean, yeah, it's like you said, though, if it benefits rules for thee, but not for me, like if it benefits them, they don't give a shit. If it doesn't, the second it doesn't, they're dealing with what every other school has had to deal with at some point over the last decade. They're not used to it and they don't know how to react. They're acting like spoiled children and it's pretty great to see. We dealt with it after Pruitt left. I mean, we had 30-plus players transfer out, and then two years later we beat them. So it's not like it's insurmountable or anything. It's just something that programs have to go through. And then there's these national media types saying, oh, this is going to spark a rule change. You weren't saying that when Tennessee was going through. You weren't saying that when all these other schools were going through the same thing. That's just tiresome. And think about how big and how good this is for Josh Heupel. And his staff, like the the culture in Tennessee, and you could tell, you could see all the recruits coming in. They love the culture Josh Heupel has in this f- football program, and that's why you have a coach like Saban leave. I mean, it's a big, big deal. But like at Nick Saban's caliber, like honestly, all all the board's gonna bring in is is the Pac-12 guys that are going to come to the SEC and find out what SEC football is all about. And it's just not going to go well for him. I really do think the first two, the first year, if he loses three to four games, you might get the Alabama fans saying, like, okay, it's just his first year, calm down. But if he does that two, in two, two years in a row, uh, he'll be gone. He's going to be gone. Well, yeah, it's – go ahead, Bryce. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean – what I was going to say, though, is Hypo better take advantage of it. Like, who knows how it's going to go, but what you can't let happen is you can't let another Saban take over. I know nobody's Saban, but if Kalen DeBoer – I don't think this will happen, but if Kalen DeBoer 
takes over in Tuscaloosa and is immediately just not missing a beat. Like they just somehow still find a way to be Alabama. I mean, that's going to be sickening. Like Heupel needs to take advantage of this. He needs to take advantage of this black hole that's opened. There, there's an opening here. I mean, uh, Georgia is is the elite of the SEC, but somebody's got to fill that Alabama void. Is it going to be us? Is it going to be Ole Miss? Is it going to be LSU, Auburn? Like somebody has got to do that, and it better be us. I think in the future you better watch out for Auburn. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think Auburn. I mentioned this on the last episode. I think Auburn is in the best position to take advantage of it just geographically. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but, but you're right though. Hypo, you see these guys like Caleb Downs. I understand he's almost 90% going to Georgia, but guys like him, Proctor, you give them a phone call, phone call. I don't care what it takes. You give him a bat, whatever. Cause Caleb Downs, I understand he's going to play one more year of college football. There's no way he's playing any more than that. But that kid's very talented, and Georgia getting him just adds to their – I mean, I'd rather Georgia get him, to be honest, because they're already almost unbeatable. So I don't know if you guys agree with that. but No, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather the rich get richer than somebody else, like, take over from, from you know, like, go above us too, you know? Yeah, but, anyone that we're playing, we'll just yeah. say that. Other than Georgia, because obviously we're playing Georgia and Athens, so like none, no one really thinks we're going to win that game. Obviously, let's see how the team looks throughout the season because we don't play them until later. But still, so yeah. it's surprising that two four seven. Like you're right, Downs. They have Downs going to Georgia. Um, they actually have Caden Proctor going to Iowa. Good. Good about it. Later. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, guys, it's not going to be the question of who's going to fill the void of Alabama. It's going to go back to how it was before Nick Saban got there, where it's a different team every year. Like one year it was Tennessee, one year it was Florida, one year it was LSU. And that's how, how it had been until he went there and established the machine he did. So that's what I think it's going to go back to. I don't, I don't think there's a year ever going to see somebody do this like. Saban has done it. It's, it's well, going to be a, a, a cyclical thing. Not only that, too, as you look at it, the way I see it is, yes, is Georgia almost unbeatable? Yeah. But without divisions, it's going to be – I don't care if it's Georgia. you got to play – they got to play a gauntlet next year. And you well, could be – There's also 12 playoff spots. You don't necessarily have to – yeah, yeah, but you, you'd expect Georgia to be in the SEC championship. Yeah. But, I mean, they got a gauntlet. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to lose three games, but I'm saying they're going to probably lose one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just sitting here going through Twitter, guys. Um, just the, all, all these brain-dead takes from <laughs> Alabama fans crying, it's just laughable, like, it's all about the money. College football is in trouble. It's been about the money since they ever kicked off a college football game. And now people are just mad that players are getting in on a piece of the pie. Like, I, I don't – I've already explained it earlier. I, I just – I need to stop getting on Twitter. <laughs> well, it's part of your job. <laughs> yeah, I get so. There is – it's just so ironic to see, like, Alabama had free reign on everybody else's roster for years, and now they're bitching about it. It's just funny. Yeah. It's only going to get worse, bro. It's only going to get worse. I mean, like I said, Kalen DeBoer, we have absolutely zero evidence that Kalen DeBoer can recruit in the South or at an elite level, period. Bro, who's going to go there, though, with all these, like, elite talent leaving? No one's going to go there except for, like I said, the the Pac-12 kids. Well, and – like the, the cover three podcast talked about it. Like Alabama's NIL like collective is not that good. Everybody assumes it would be because they get all these great players and, but it's because of saving a ton of these, which is why they're all leaving now. A ton of these players took discounts to play for saving. 
So now that Saban's not there, they're going to these other schools and they're getting like, they're getting like a 20, 30% raise. Yeah. Also today, Greg Byrne, Alabama's athletic director said that Nick Saban is still in the program as an advisor and he has an office in Bryant Denny stadium. Mm -hmm. Um, Classic, you know, you know, uh, ease of leadership story there where the former guy has a damn office in the stadium, you know? I think he's, I think part of that is for recruiting too. Like he wants, he ain't doing much now. No. Yeah. I mean, it ain't working, but I think he wants recruits to know that like, Hey, Saban's still here. Well, that's, that's not the same thing though. And, And that's evident in what's happening right now. So it just doesn't seem like the best thing for a change of leadership for the old guy to be still there. Just my thoughts. It's probably why Dan Lanning didn't want the job. Oh, Saban, who would want that? Who would Saban, want it? Saban hanging over your head. Going like, uh, hey, you I, should do this. Or Imagine like bringing a, kids in for recruiting, Ryan, right? And yeah. you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go take you to Nick Saban now and He's going to tell you how great it is and how uh, this and that. And like, yeah, well, he's, that's he's too... here. Let's go talk to Paul Paul and borrow <laughs> one of his b- butterscotches. Like, like, no, no, nobody wants that. That's, that's just yeah. a, it's, 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 it's like what Bryce said. They're trying to ease the, the burden that, that they're seeing right now, but it's not going to work. And I doubt he, he's going to have an office in there for, for much longer. Just go home to Miss Terry, Nick. You know who I'm shocked that I haven't seen leave yet? Who? Milro. I think he knows that he's not much outside Alabama. I don't see that, though. I, I seriously think, and call me crazy, but if I'm Auburn, I'm in his ear. Oh, that would be so tasty. Uh, if I'm Auburn, I'm in his ear. Like, why Why? Why not? Why not? They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. He's shown that he could be a decent quarterback. He... Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the school. And I think if you get someone like that to Auburn, you better watch out. You better watch out. Yeah. I I think Milrow was one of the few kids who went to Alabama for Alabama, though. Like, I I know it's we we clown on them so far in this process, but Alabama's name does carry some weight, but – it's I don't think not, it does anymore, bro. I really well, don't. I, I think, you know, when you have won the most games in college football history, it carries a little bit, but certainly not as much without Nick Saban. Yeah, well, you take Nick Saban's name out of that hat. It's, it's yeah, yeah they exactly. won a lot of games, but the coach ain't here. Yeah, it's, The it's players like ain't the, here. Without Nick Saban, Alabama's legacy is cut in half, basically. Oh, yeah. That, that's easily. And... I want to roll into that too. You know what's funny is George McIntyre, five-star quarterback. That was our biggest threat to losing him. Now yeah, it's now, like almost a guarantee he's coming to yeah. Tennessee. And he's supposed to be in town this weekend for the basketball game and whatever else they got planned for him. And and I think it's a part of Junior Day. But uh, like it would be nice for us to. Put a big hurting on Alabama, the team that he was thinking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. bro. Let me tell you. I'm going to bring my mic real close, okay? <laughs> if you're going to this damn game, if you're going to this damn Alabama game, you better not leave that stadium without a damn no voice having ass. You better be yelling the whole damn time we're playing defense. I swear, if I can't hear you on TV, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. That's all. Yeah, yeah uh, according to certain old folks on Twitter, I mean, it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong. And he's probably one of the blue hairs who sits with his arms crossed. Um, well, it's an orange out Saturday, so <laughs> well, well, it better be livid in there. Because you know what? You're bringing in a uh, – oh, you know, he, uh, he pushes players around. He covers up murders. He hides guns. You better slap him around a little bit. <laughs> slap him I- around. I hope to God he pushes one of our players. Yo, and I hope he pushes Zakai because Zakai is going to judo chop him right in the balls, bro. 
Zakai's used to being pushed by other other teams. Coaches. Hey, Remember I played. I year? actually, I actually played high school basketball against Zakai's cousin, Tobias Harris. Okay, <laughs> they don't play. I got dunked on in high school by Tobias Harris. Okay, and I take that as you know. That's like a little trophy. Yeah, I'm honored. He's in the NBA. He's on the Sixers. You know, but anyway, Zakai. Hey, and let me tell you, going back to basketball, Zakai has been an absolute stub for this team. Best defender on the team, hands down, in my opinion. The kid's got the heart. You leave that kid on the court if you have to on Saturday. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're not holding anything back on Saturday. No, you go win that game. That's a big game. That is a huge game. Mm-hmm. We should have Where'd a watch got... party. Ooh. Don't tap me with a good time. You got any thoughts on that Alabama matchup this Saturday, Bryce? It's just the perfect opportunity to build off of all the great things that have happened over the last month. We've got Larry Bird reincarnate on our team. Mm -hmm. Alabama, the dark empire is falling. What a better way to put an exclamation mark on it than by being... Stick a fork in them, baby. Yeah, just... just (laughs) Beat them by 40. Preach, Bryce. Come on. Keep going. Nate Oates. Oh, my God. Honestly, you little pussy-ass bitch. <laughs> I would take a loss to Alabama if it, if somebody on our team broke his nose. I'm telling you. I hope it's a Kai with a nice little Superman punch. Yeah. Nate Oates acts like a petulant child half the time on, on the damn sideline. Then he's just going to get away with pushing players. So, he, he, he deserves a thorough ass-whooping by the boys in orange. Well, and again, I mean, regardless of that, he literally covered up for a murderer, and no consequences came down on it. Yeah, he said he was he was in the wrong spot at the, at the wrong time, though, Bryce. Yeah, like Jermaine Burton. He was in the wrong – he was scared for his life. Yeah, Alabama coaches and the excuses that they make for their players' inactions. Which, by the way, somebody made a comment about that, about like – well, it's not like Tennessee players haven't ever gotten in trouble. Uh, yeah, but nobody. The difference is nobody defends them. No. Like, I can promise you, if like if fucking Caleb Webb or something, you know, somebody Squirrel White punched a sorority girl at Alabama, none of us would be defending it. No, because it's abhorrent behavior. We we had a murderer on on the team once in football, and he was gone immediately. His name was. Jansen Jackson, look him up. He never played another down. And apparently, if you're in Alabama playing basketball, you can just continue playing the whole fucking year. It's fine. Yeah. Well, Alabama needs to get destroyed Saturday. It'd be it'd be nice. I, I score predictions. I, I want to rattle off some stats real quick, Bryce. Okay. Before we do that, um. Alabama ranks 244th in the country in opponent points per game. Tennessee ranks 58th. And Tennessee is 81st in the country in points per game at 78.7, while Alabama is 4th in the country at 90.1. We're at home. Play the game how you want to play it. Don't don't let Alabama set the tone. Don't respond to what they're doing. Set the damn tone. Make this a game that you want to play. And if we do that, I think we will win easily. What's your score? I'm going to say we muck it up big time like we did last year against them when we beat them when they were number one, when Zakai sustained his injury um, in that game. So I'm going to say we, we pull it out by a score of 73 to 65. That's not a bad score prediction right there. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go 84. 76. I like it. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I really think you, you guys are spot on. I, I think it'll be a little bit higher, like where Bryce is around. I'm going to say 81 to 69. Mm, nice. I just think it behooves Tennessee to keep this game under 80. Oh, yeah. Me too. I, 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 dude, this team... You, you fill that crowd with the crowd that I think we're going to show up with. Zakai's going to feed off that. Adu's mm-hmm. going to feed off that. Triple J is going to feed off of it. And I think 
And I said it before the two games ago, but I I do expect Triple J to have this game. I'm not saying 15, 20 points, but I expect you know Triple J to have like that eight point game with with eight rebounds, you know, and just just yeah. be a force on defense. That's all we need. That's all we need. We got people that could score. Uh, a classic Josiah performance, like like you just said, around that area, points and rebounds, and like that would be just what the doctor ordered if everything else is going the way it's been going. Agreed. Same thing with Vescovy. I mean, I'll take six points with stellar defense because mm-hmm. that Bobbin team, I mean, nothing against them. It's I hate their coach, but those players, man, they're going to come to play. Those kids, they, they got heart too. Um, but home team, I think Tennessee will sneak this one out. By at least eight to ten points. I agree. All and right. please, please run them off the free throw line. I mean the the three point line because they can shoot the lights out. Oh yeah. Well, this might be another. One, this might be one of those games we were warning about earlier, Ryan, where the refs do some shady shit. Yeah, Hopefully, in di- our favor, though. Yeah, the, the difference is it'll be in our favor because we're at home. Hopefully, hopefully. You knock on wood right now. That's what I'm talking about. But, you know, like I said before, if you're going to the game, go there, be loud. Um, enjoy it, man. That's Alabama, Tennessee, any sport is a great environment to be in. And if I could be there, I would. No uh, crossed arms. No crossed arms unless you're about to, like, pounce onto the court and attack Oats, Okay. And I'm not recommending you do that. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to recommend you do that. But if you do, you know, I'm I'll tape it, it. videotape it and send it to me. I'm recommending it. If they touch one of our players, jump his ass. Hypothetically. We, hypothetically. We, hypothetically, if they jump. Um, Ryan, I, I got to be honest. I kind of hope – I hope we win and everything. Don't get me wrong. But I kind of hope our crowd does suck again just so Ryan can get another fight on Twitter. Because – <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Ryan's going at like an, a sixty-eight-year-old. <laughs> hey, I mean, I I muted him and reported him, so it's all good. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, buddy. See you later. So the thing that people don't understand is the number of the crowd doesn't necessarily mean it's a good crowd. Like, just because the seats are filled doesn't mean that it's a good crowd. We don't have a problem filling seats. It's the atmosphere that sucks. Mm-hmm. You have to bring the energy. You can't just sit there. Pack it with students. Yes. Well, we'll be talking about. We'll be. We'll have another conference win to talk about on our next episode. So that'll be nice. Hopefully, we should have some more transfer news by the next time we get together too. So. We'll be back to recap the Alabama game and any other notable stuff that goes on. Do you guys have anything else? I do want to say this is the first time in a long time, and I didn't think I'd ever say this for Tennessee basketball. Did you know there's only six teams that are in the top 20 in Kempom rankings for offensive and defensive efficiency? Tennessee's one of them. Did you ever think you'd say that? Not after last year. Connect effect. Dude, and like, it's only I'll, I'll just name them real quick: Purdue, Arizona, Auburn, North Carolina, and Houston. We played two of them, and we're going to play three of them. Yeah, I mean that's a resume right there. Coming from, Ooh. like, just the the turnaround in less than a calendar year is absurd. Like I remember watching those games last year. It was like, good lord! Like if the other team scores fifty two points, we're going to fucking lose. <laughs> Yeah, and it's definitely not that way this year. So, but yeah, as I, I just wanted to finish with that. I think that's a, an amazing stat to have. Exciting times, absolutely. Go Vols! Go Vols! Beat his ass if he touches a player. Go Vols!
yeah, we might have some big stuff to talk about this week. So, oh yeah, heck yeah, big win. Let's beat Florida's ass and keep SEC playing. Mm-hmm. Go balls, baby. Go balls. Go balls. <laughs>